Hello, Laker fans. Welcome to another episode of the Late Late Show podcast. I'm your host, Matt, from Lakers Fan Club UK, covering your Los Angeles Lakers from the United Kingdom. I'm joined by another guest for this one. He's a senior writer at Lakers Nation and a podcast host for both the Lakers Nation and the NBA Front Office show podcast. It's uh, Mr. Trevor Lane. How are you, Trevor? I really appreciate you jumping on. Hey, no problem. I'm doing well, and, uh, and thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's no problem at all. Um, we'll jump straight in. There's no point in, in beating around the bush, and we'll just uh, get straight into some questions that I do have for you personally. So you've been a Laker fan all your life, is that correct? Yeah, I have. I, I grew up around the team. Uh, that it was it was kind of what I was raised on. the The earliest memory I have, going back as far as possible, is of sitting on the couch with my dad and uh, and watching the Lakers, the Showtime era, and then trying to do Kareem Skyhook on my little mini play school hoop. <laughs> so, so yeah, the the Lakers have been definitely a big part of my life from uh, from day one. Okay, and then as I'm sure time went on and you interest developed and your knowledge developed I, I imagine when when did it actually start becoming a realization that covering the Lakers could actually become a thing for you that it could actually become a full-time job or did then things happen separately did you start covering the team as kind of a side thing and then it became a full-time job you know could you briefly explain that how, how did that occur yeah, so I um, I always knew that that like writing was something that really interested me, and it was something that I wanted to do. I tried, I started a few novels, but like most people who start novels, you don't finish them because they're really, really, really hard. Um, it's it, but the the writing process and everything was something that I always enjoyed, and so I, I tried my hand at a lot of a lot of different things. Um, I, I had some experience with sports writing. I actually wrote about pro wrestling back when I was in college. And, uh, and so that kind of, uh, I knew, I knew the space somewhat, uh, but I wasn't sure if, if writing Lakers was what I wanted to do. I found that whenever I was writing things, I was spending so much of my time digging into Lakers rumors and, and reading different message boards and all these sorts of things that, um, that I was like, gosh, you know, you got to do what you love. You got to write what you love. And so I, I, I rationalized if I'm spending this much time looking at Lakers rumors and talking about Lakers and all this, this is what I need to write. It's what I really care about. And so, uh, so I started up uh, my own blog and started writing there and then it just kind of grew from there and, and took off. So it wasn't like I got into it thinking, Oh man, you know, this is something I can make money at. This is something that I'm going to uh, make a, a full job or, or anything like that. It was just kind of a, Hey, if I'm going to write something, this is, this is what I want to write about. And over the years, it's really it's taken on a life of its own. And um, I, there's there's still times where I, I stop and I kind of pinch myself and I'm like, wow, you know, look at all the things that that I get to do now because I, I was uh, was, I guess, smart enough to switch over and start writing about about uh, the Lakers. And uh, yeah, gosh, it's been humbling and, and certainly a blessing to be able to do this. Definitely. And it is an inspirational story, you know, for, for people like myself, who are kind of covering the team just from like a fan perspective, really, just because we have an interest in it, we have a passion for it. And if you don't have that passion and interest and drive, you, you don't really get anywhere with, with it, do you really? So, um, you know, it's definitely inspirational to hear that. And I'm sure the listeners will find that inspirational as well. And your content has helped a lot in my development and understanding of the game 
on this side of the pond where over the years where I've been following the NBA, we have been a little bit starved of content. Um, obviously, it is developing more now, but, you know, it's been huge for, for myself. So I would just like to say personally, thank you. It's been great following from the other side of the world and, and um, seeing all your content over the years. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, that that always kind of blows me away. You know, hearing that just it's, um, yeah. That if I could inspire anybody, that's that's amazing. Because when I was when I was first starting, I was looking at like uh, you know Mark Stein uh, for ESPN at the time. Now he's with the the New York Times. Uh, Eric Pincus with Bleacher Report. He was with the LA Times and, and some other organizations. You know, and Eric really seeing him kind of rise up and and him grow with that. Gosh, you know these guys can, can do these things. Maybe I can, I can do it too. So if I'm any part of that process for, for somebody else, that's um, yeah, that, that's in- incredibly humbling for me. And uh, yeah, thank you for saying, for saying that. Yeah, no problem. And, and, and it is well-deserved. Um, we'll jump into the games that have occurred since we last, our, our last episode was actually with Eric Pincus, funnily enough, you mentioned his name then. And, <laughs> well, good uh, timing then. <laughs> yes. Um, but the game before that, the game before that, sorry, the um, episode before that, we covered the Raptors game, which was the last time the Lakers lost, which was a week ago. Since then, the Lakers have beaten Phoenix on the road, 1-2-3 to 1-15. And then they picked up wins at home against Golden State and Sacramento. That was 120-94 and 99-97, respectively with the latter against Sacramento being dominated with a huge LeBron James poster dunk. Um, I would like to say that he rolled back the years, but he is very much just going at full flow. Um, He's still dominating, isn't he? LeBron, I mean, he's... I didn't think we would see this LeBron anymore. I I can't believe the level that he's playing at. It is absolutely incredible. And not that... He's not as explosive as he was like, say, seven, eight years ago, which nobody could expect him to be, right? But the way mm. – with how effective he's been out there on the floor, how good his passing has been. Last I looked, he's the top assist guy in the league. I'm sure that's still the same. He's at 11.2 assists on the season per game right now, I mean, which is the, a career high for him by a full two, 2.1 assists per game, higher than his career average. At his age, I can't believe he's doing what he's doing and the way he's getting things done. And he still has, he still can, can just take your breath away when he gets up and dunks on somebody um, like he did in that Kings game. So yeah, he is having a tremendous season. Everything he said in the off season about, uh, you know, retaking his throne and, and all of those things and kind of proving people wrong and all that he's doing it. And we're only, you know, we're only a fraction of the way into the season. So there's a long way to go, but uh, gosh, it's it's incredible seeing him play on, on a nightly basis, and uh, Lakers fans are certainly lucky to to experience it right now. Yeah, without a doubt. And he carried it on into the Hawks game, which was the most recent game at the time that we were recording this, where the Lakers um, obviously picked up the victory there, one twenty two to one zero one. It was practically a blowout victory. The Lakers. Had a quick start at one point early on. There were there were thirty points to six up. The defense was solid yet again. They looked too big for the Hawks, forcing turnovers, and they were just in control, weren't they? And um, what did you think of the Hawks game? It was very much a game that I thought maybe not that particular game against that particular team, but 
last season, them types of games would have been a little bit tricky and we never really saw the Lakers taking care of teams that they should have really taken care of. So it's quite refreshing, isn't it, for them to be up early and then just maintain it throughout. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the, for the last six years, we've seen a Lakers team. And even last year with LeBron, they did this. They they found ways to lose games. And they, they lost to the Hawks last year. They lost to the New York Knicks. They lost to the Cavs. They lost to teams that you can't lose to. You have to you have to buffer your your uh, your roster or, or I'm sorry, your schedule with wins uh, against these teams that you should beat. You have to get those ones. So if you if you go on a little losing streak later on in the season, then you're okay because you picked up all these wins against the weaker teams earlier on. That's where the Lakers are at right now. Um, instead of finding ways to lose games, they're finding ways to win. You look at the close games they've been in uh, against the Kings, against the Mavs, uh, the Spurs game got close at certain points. They're finding ways to get the job done and finding ways to win. And that's it's been such a refreshing change as somebody who's covered this team through the the toughest times and that the, the franchise has seen now. Um, it, it, it's fun. It, it really, it feels to me as somebody who's grown up on the Lakers, it feels like finally it's the Lakers again. It, it, it felt like we were in the twilight zone for the last five or six years. And now it's like, okay, this is back to being who the Lakers are. Yeah, definitely. And I think one thing I found impressive was, just like I've mentioned previously just then, was that the Lakers controlled the pace throughout. So whenever Atlanta went on a bit of a run, and they did, it happens in basketball, doesn't it? It's, it's, a game, it's a game that goes back and forth all the time. The Lakers pulled away again, and then it happened again, and the Lakers pulled away again. So they never really looked like losing. They were kind of in control throughout. And it really starts with the defense of this team, which is quite interesting. And they really are starting to carve an identity on that side of the ball, aren't they? Because they forced many turnovers in in that game against the Hawks. They had 14 blocks, which was the first time they've done that in 17 years. The team are back to number one in the NBA in defensive rating with 99.9. Um, you know, they're top in net rating as well with 9.3. And they're top in terms of record, NBA record, which is 11 and 2. And that just starts from defense, doesn't it? Anthony Davis had a relatively quiet night, as as they would say, because, you know, like you did on your previous roundup for Lakers Nation, everyone focus on, focuses on the offensive end, don't they? But they don't realize that mm -hmm. Anthony Davis had five blocks last night. So how important is the defense to, to this team? Because it seems like it's the identity of this team and the success that could be awaiting. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, you, you hit the nail on the head as far as the, the Hawks game. There was the defense that got things going. I mean, look, the, the one question was Trey Young. Can he sort of pace the Hawks? Can he keep it close? And the Lakers did some really smart things on the floor to cut off his passing angles and do things like that. He still put up a pretty decent stat line individually with, I think he had like 31 points. Um, so he was he was good. But the Lakers pretty much shut down everybody else and they they did what they could to wall off Trey Young. So uh, and, the, and you're right. It isn't just that game against the Hawks. It's all season. The defense has been what's been driving them. And the last, um, I want to say three or four games, Frank Vogel has really made a point to try to convince them to make the extra pass. And the phrasing that he's used, and we heard this from LeBron, we heard it from AD, was uh, they want to turn down a good shot in order to find a great shot. So that's something that we've seen. And I think that's helped the offense to come along a little bit. Uh, it's going to help improve the three-point percentage of the team overall because I do think they're better than what we've seen so far from from behind the arc. Uh, but yeah, the the defense has really been 
what's allowed them to have this record that they've got while the offense is kind of figuring things out while they're developing chemistry. Uh, the defense has, has been their hallmark and you're right. They are tops in the league in defensive rating. They're number one in the league in blocks. Uh, they're also number one in the league in blocks allowed, which means not only are they blocking more shots than anyone else, teams are blocking less of their shots than anyone else. So they are, they're controlling the paint. And maybe it isn't a surprise that they're a good defensive team because of the personnel they've got and the fact that Frank Vogel is their coach, who's known as a very good defensive coach. But still, the fact that they are the best defense in the league at this point with that many new faces being incorporated, that's got to be a little bit surprising. I mean, I, I thought they would be good on defense, but that they would be this good is is really, really impressive. Definitely. And in terms of the offensive side of the ball as well, which you were just speaking about. Um, I haven't got the, the stats in front of me at the moment, but I believe the Lakers have actually jumped into the top 10 after last night's win. So um, obviously they're first in terms of defensive in the top 10 in terms of offense. You know, that really is a recipe for success in this league, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're ninth right now in offensive rating. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not too sure if that's the first time they've jumped into the top 10, but I believe they've been kind of flirting in and around the 15, 17 mark throughout the majority of the season. So it really does show how much they have turned it on on the offensive side. Yeah. And I think absolutely as they, find an, as they have found an identity on the defensive end, I think they'll continue to find an identity on the offensive end as well. Because... We're still early on in the season. You know, we're still, what, 13 games into the season? There's still a long, long way to go. And I don't mean to worry Laker fans with that because it's been a fantastic start. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a marathon, isn't it? It's not a sprint. Yeah, I mean, look, this, is, this, is, uh, this has gone as well as could be, as we could have hoped for. There's no question there. But that doesn't mean the entire season is going to be like this. It doesn't mean they're going to just, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean they're going to win 11 out of every 13 games all the way through the season because they're not. I mean, they've had, they've been some tough games. I think the schedule has been a little bit more difficult than people give credit to. There's been some teams that have been pretty good on there. Uh, like, like the Suns are way better than anybody would have expected. But then of course the Warriors aren't as good, but, uh, but the point is the schedule does get more difficult. I mean, like they kick off December, uh, they have a back to back with Denver and Utah. Uh, back-to-back on the road. Um, like, there's going to be some tough games. They are going to lose some games. But the fact that they are getting these wins now is big because they are, they're preparing for those lean days when wins might be a little bit tough to come by. Um, and they are building up chemistry. They are getting better and better. So, yeah, they're they're improving as a team. And it's great to see. You know, this is something that um, at some point, they're, go- they're going to lose games. At some point, there's going to be a losing streak. That's going to happen. But what we're finding out right now is that the Lakers are a very, very, very good team. They they could even be, I don't want to say title favorites, but they're certainly up there. They're one of a handful of teams that you can say is a true th- title contender. And that's what we know so far. And then we're going to find out just how good they really are and how much they can grow what their ceiling is as the season goes on. Definitely. And I think it's just really refreshing at the moment to see the team beating the teams in front of them. Um, no matter how good or how bad them teams may be, you still have to rack up the wins with who, who, who who's on the schedule. But rounding up the Atlanta Hawks game, how can we not speak about Danny Green? Um, we all know what I mean by that, but I'll start with just saying that you hit three early three-pointers 
Um, he's been struggling shooting mainly um, throughout the past few games, but he turned it back on quite early in, in the Hawks win. And he had that monstrous put-back dunk, didn't he? Was Dwight was Dwight's Howard reaction all of us? Because I kind of get the feeling that his reaction did pretty much round up all of our reactions. I was just gobsmacked watching that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't believe it when he pulled that. Off. I mean, nobody knew he had that in him. It wasn't like <laughs> like if like if LeBron does that, we we'd all be excited, but it wouldn't be as as shocking as seeing Danny Green get up there and do that. I mean, he's he's not a short guy or anything like that. I mean, he can he can jump. He's six six. He's got long arms, so you know he can dunk, but you just don't see it happen. And so to see him get up like that and throw it down, yeah, that that was a great moment. That's for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. And Dwight Howard's reaction was hilarious and. I think in a way that was probably Green's reaction too internally. Um, one thing I did like is he stayed calm and he actually ran back to defend. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't actually until I think the buzzer went for halftime that he actually kind of had that moment with the team celebrating. Uh, I thought, I'm not sure if a lot of people picked up on that, but I liked how he was locked into, you know, transition back on defense, um, which was good. Um, I would like to speak about Contavious Caldwell-Pope because he's been a talking point. Um, I would say the past few days, which is obviously it's been brought back up, but he's received a lot of criticism throughout the season so far. And not even just through the season, but throughout his tenure so far with the Lakers over the past few years, I think it is fair to say that. You know, some justified, some not. He kind of has become the scapegoat. You know, I'll admit that I've got on his back. Um, And, you know, you might have too. And, you know, I think a lot of the criticism has been, I'm not sure deserves the right word, but there's been an understanding to it, I think is probably a better way of saying. But recently, Dwight Howard has publicly defended him on Instagram. And I'm sure the players have, have been defending him in the locker room and things like that. But this was the first time a player would come out publicly defend him and kind of urge the fans to calm down and to support him instead of criticizing him what are your thoughts on that and and kcp because he has improved hasn't he since that's occurred in the past few games he has turned it on offensively yeah um so with kcp i get fan frustration and and that's and there's a couple of reasons for that it's not just his play on the floor it's the contract Right. I mean, that's when the Lakers mm-hmm. signed him for 18 million a couple of seasons ago. It was like, oh, OK, cool. We've got this guy who can be a starter. He's a really good defender. He can do all these great things. And then as the season went on, we found out, OK, he's probably not 18 million dollars good. Right. He's probably more of a role, role player type guy. So, OK, one season, no big deal, whatever. And then they bring him back for 12 million. It's like, what is going on? OK, it's the LeBron tax. And then they bring him back again for and he's at eight million. So his salary keeps going down, but it still feels like a lot for him. And I guess, you know, compared to other guards that would be comparable to him around the league, like your your Rodney Hoods and Seth Curry and people like that, his salary is actually about the same as what as what they make. In fact, his deal is pretty much identical to, to Rodney Hood. So it makes sense in, in those terms. But then, you know, you still have fans that aren't thrilled that you're spending $8 million on a guy like KCP who doesn't really move the needle a ton. And then he comes out and he starts the season slowly – and he's, you know, airballing layups and having all of these these major mistakes. And yeah, that you can understand why people get frustrated. But at the same time, 
if you step back and you look at, okay, what has KCP done for his career? He's been a very average NBA player. And I'm not saying that in a negative way at all. To be an average NBA player is a very, very good thing. It means you're one of the handful of people who can say that they can make it in the NBA, right? So uh, he's an average NBA player. And at some point, a positive regression to the mean was coming. At some point, he was going to start playing better just because he has this entire career of being at least a useful player compared to just a few games where he, he was unplayable. He was awful. Um, so I, I thought there was always a positive regression to the mean coming, but part of the reaction or maybe overreaction to his poor play was because it was so early in the season. I mean, people have been starved for Lakers basketball for the entire offseason. So every single game, every play, everything is going to get uh, analyzed on a, on a micro level. We're going to be breaking down everything because we've been waiting for so long to see the Lakers play again. So I think all of that factors into why people were so upset with KCP, but I really think that it's all going to blow over, that as his play stabilizes and the season goes on, he's going to be just fine. As that guy that you can stick in for 15, 20 minutes a night, he can knock in a three, play some decent defense, and, uh, and that's about it. As long as those are your expectations for him, then I think KCP is going to be just fine in the long run. Yeah, because, I mean, he's been defensively all right throughout the season, um, I think, and I think that's kind of the general consensus, really. I mean, when he's on ball handlers and guards, he's he's, he's fine. You know, when he's kind of fighting through um, screens and things like that, it's when the first game of the season, when he's on big wings like Kawhi Leonard, like, you know, elite players, then... Obviously, he's he's just going to get destroyed, really, and he did in that in that first game of the season. But defensively, he's been pretty sound, really, throughout. It's just offensively where he struggled. But against the Kings, two two games ago, he had sixteen points on sixty percent shooting, and in that one, he had twelve points in the fourth quarter as the Lakers won a close one. So he was quite well, very very important in in getting the win there. And then he had 12 points last time out against the horse on 75% shooting. So he's definitely improved. And just think, and thinking back, I don't have the stats. You might be able to correct me with this, Trevor. But he came up big late against the Spurs as well, I think, earlier on in the season. So he's probably contributed to two or three of the Lakers' wins so far this season. I mean, with all that criticism as well, so... Yeah, and you bring up a good point too about about what he was being asked to do. I mean, KCP is six five, but he's not a guy who can really go defend the bigger wings. And the Lakers were just, you know, without Kyle Kuzma, even with Kyle Kuzma, I still think they're lacking a wing defender. And I don't think KCP can do that. I think you're they were it was out of necessity. It wasn't out of spite or anything like that. But they were putting him in a position to fail when you're asking him to go defend a bigger wing like. Uh, like your your Kawhi Leonard or, or somebody like that. He, uh, I forget who he who he's checking earlier or uh, later in the season as well, where the same thing came up. He can't defend the bigger wings. There's no question. You, you you're going to have more luck having him defend a point guard than you are a small forward. That's just the way he. That's his makeup. It's it's the way he is. So, uh, so yeah. Part of it was he was playing really poorly, but part of it was he was being asked to do things that he's not going to be successful at. It's like you're not going to ask Rajon Rondo to go defend centers in the post. Right, because that's he's not going to have success uh, success there. Same thing, KCP is not going to have success defending wings. So, um, so yeah, I think that's certainly a factor here as well. But ultimately, yeah, I think he can be a positive. He can be a guy who helps the team. You just have to have to understand how he can help, 
and that he's not he's not a star player. He's not going to come in and and win a game single handedly or anything like that. He can make a few b- big plays over the course of the season, though, and and every team needs guys who can do that. So I, I still think he can be a, a solid piece for the Lakers. Definitely, and he's he's a streaky player. You know, he has been mm-hmm. throughout his time with the Lakers. So yeah, I think he'll go on good and bad streaks as the season progresses, and I don't think that'll really change. But I think since Dwight's publicly defended him, I think that's kind of changed the perception of it all. And um, it's definitely improved in terms of the view towards him, I think. Hey guys, I'm just going to let you know how you can save money with Fanatics UK and the NBA Star Europe. Lakers Fan Club UK are proud affiliate partners of both websites, where you can enter the promo code LakersUK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. This is not restricted to Lakers gear only. The promo code works site-wide for both. On the Fanatics UK site, they have a wide range of NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, and soccer slash football merchandise. NBA Star Europe hosts a wide selection of official NBA gear. One thing that you have to do, though, to activate the discount is to access each website through the links provided on the Lakers Fan Club UK website. This is www.lakersfanclubuk.com forward slash partners. So that's www.lakersfanclubuk.com forward slash partners. So if you enter the Fanatics UK and or the NBA Star Europe website through the links provided on the Lakers Fan Club UK website and enter the promotional code LakersUK10 at checkout, you will get a 10% discount. That's LakersUK10, all one word in capitals, and that will enable the discount. Promotional code can be used more than once. So do store it and it will save you money when you purchase through Fanatics UK and the official NBA store Europe. Moving on to a, another topic that, that I have for you, Trevor. With this year's roster being a completely new look group, has there been a surprise player for you this season? I'm sure there has been. But who, who's that been? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been there's been a few pleasant surprises. Uh, for example, last night. Now this was before the game against the Hawks, so I don't know if it's still the same. But uh, before the game against the Hawks, uh, Alex Caruso leading the team in defensive rating that that was a surprise mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I know he was a good defender, but that was amazing. Uh, you can say uh, Kyle Kuzma has been been hitting some shots recently, so I think he's looked good. How good LeBron has looked has been impressive. Anthony Davis's defense. I mean on and on and on but the big surprise without question i mean it's got to be dwight howard yes like i don't think anybody in their wildest imagined i don't think dwight even thought that he'd be doing what he's been doing for this team and at such a high level i mean if you think back to the first preseason game that we saw him in he looked i mean he did fine and i defended him i thought that he did he did just fine he was setting screens he was rolling hard to the rim but he looked like he was lacking burst he looked slow defending on the perimeter and all of those things. And, um, and part of that was just rust because he only played nine games last season. You could tell he was in good shape, but he wasn't really in basketball shape, if that makes sense. The explosiveness mm-hmm. wasn't there. And over the weeks of the preseason, that that rust kind of got knocked away. And then once the regular season started, he just kept getting stronger and stronger. And he's had a few performances where he has looked 
not like the old Dwight Howard, not like the Orlando Magic Dwight or anything, because that, that guy's long gone. But this new version of Dwight that has not the old athleticism, but but still a lot of athleticism, insanely quick hands. We saw that against the Hawks. I, I think it was Trey Young, but I'm not sure. Uh, got into the paint, and Dwight just used these quick hands to, to rip the ball away. It was very uh, – Carl Malone used to do that all the time. Carl Malone-esque uh, with his quick hands in the post. He's blocking shots. He's defending the rim. He's setting good, solid screens, which was my pet peeve with him the last time he was with the Lakers, that he used to uh, he used to just – not set a good screen. He would be rolling to the basket very, very quickly. And uh, and so now he's setting good screens. He's boxing out. He's rebounding. All the little things that the Lakers need him to do, he's doing. I can't say enough good things about Dwight. And as you mentioned, he came to KCP's defense. He's been a good teammate in every, in every sense. So uh, yeah, Dwight Howard is absolutely my surprise. He's become a much bigger part of this team's success than I think anyone anticipated. Definitely, and 100% agree with you there. Um, I think the main thing for me is that he really appears to be enjoying it out there and thriving in his role. And the most important part of that is accepting that role that he's been given. I think so far, he's very much walked the walk because in the preseason, he was talking all this, all that. And I'm not sure we really believed him, did we? Um, Especially given what happened in his previous tenure with the Lakers, but he's been really important to the Lakers fast start. And, you know, Vogel always goes on about being a star in, in the role, you know, that you're given. And I think that's pretty much what he's been. I mean, he's averaging 20 minutes per game, so he's not exactly on the court at every possible moment, but, you know, in that time, he's averaging at, at present time, as we were recording seven points per game, 7.7 rebounds, 1.1 assists, 1.6 blocks, 76% shooting. So he's really stuffing the stat, she- the stat sheets and doing the little things as well that don't show up on the stat sheets. But I, I, I just think the main thing is just effort. Don't you agree? He's really putting in the effort. He's really enjoying it. And when players do that, the fans recognize that. Yeah, definitely. He is, and that's a good point. The fans recognize it because he is has quickly become a fan favorite. Which, I mean, who would have thought, right, that Dwight Howard would be getting cheered at the Staples Center given what happened before, given the history? I would have never, never guessed that Dwight Howard would be suddenly cheered as a as a Laker again. But you look at what he's doing and, and how he's doing it. This is the Dwight that we've been saying we needed for so long. Because it used to be that Dwight Howard would go and he would demand post-touches. And if you look at his efficiency numbers in the post, they're terrible. They're, they're not good at all, but it was the kind of thing where, okay, in exchange for him playing this great, great defense and doing all these other things, fine, Dwight, here's, here's some post touches. Yes, you're going to be inefficient, but here, we'll keep you happy. And they would just throw the ball to him. And, and now that's gone away. He's not demanding the ball in the post anymore. He knows he is the last resort or second to last resort. Giving him the ball in the post is he's not demanding that he's put money on the line. I mean, he took part of his contract this year and made it non-guaranteed what 2.6 million and made it non-guaranteed by taking that buyout from the Grizzlies and then coming over to the Lakers. Um, So he's really put money on the line here. Millions of dollars have been placed on the line. His career is on the line because if he flamed out here, who knows if he gets another shot in the NBA. So his back was against the wall and he's done everything that he needs to do in order to be successful. All the little things that we've said that Dwight used to not focus on. The doing things the right way as far as uh, the running the pick and roll, 
boxing out, all that little stuff. He used to just rely on his athleticism to carry him and he wouldn't have to focus on them. Now he's hyper-focused on doing all the little things. And he's been a really, really, really effective player. I mean, I just looked it up. He has uh, he has had seven, he's used seven possessions all season posting up. And that's wow. that, that's incredible. That that tells me that he's really, uh, as you said, putting his money where where his mouth is here. He's really practicing what he's what he's been preaching. The things that he said in the offseason, and you're right, he has said the right things before, and then gone out and it's been same old Dwight out on the floor. He said the right things this year, and he is uh, he's doing it. He's fulfilling what he uh, what he said he was going to do, and it's a great story. It really is. I'm I'm so I'm happy for him that he's getting this redemption. I'm happy for the Lakers that they're getting a player that can do these things coming off of losing to Marcus cousins. Um, just it, it's, it's definitely was the surprise of the season, but also probably one of, if not my favorite storylines so far for, for the Lakers this year. hundred percent. And long may continue. And he's really adapted his game to fit with the roster. And like I said, it looks like he's having fun out there and, you know, Let's hope he can stay healthy because he is a huge part of this team moving forward. Um, so we're nearing the end of the pod now. So we're looking at the games ahead for the week um, in UK time, this is. So the Lakers will play the Oklahoma City Thunder at home on Wednesday morning in the early hours. Then they play the Thunder again, but on the road this time on uh, Saturday. And then they play the Memphis Grizzlies on Sunday on the second night of a back-to-back. What are your predictions for, for the week? I mean, the team are currently sitting 11-2. and two. Uh, They've won four in a row. Are we talking all wins? Or what, what, what do you think? What are your predictions for them three games? So against the Hawks, the Lakers had the benefit of being the second night of the back-to-back stretch in L.A. So the Hawks played the Clippers the first night, and then they you know, got to live it up in L.A. For, for a weekend. And so the Lakers got a Hawks team that's been in L.A. for a couple of days and had to play the Clippers the night before. So you could see they were sharper. I think we're going to see that effect a little bit uh, against the Thunder because OKC is actually doing the same thing. They're going to be playing the Clippers first and then the Lakers. In fact, they're playing the Clippers uh, in just a bit here. And, uh, and then they play the Lakers on the second night. So that's, I, I think you're going to get the benefit of the doubt there in, in LA. I think the Lakers should take out OKC there, but OKC is a good team. I expect them at home. Uh, I think that's going to be a little bit more of a difficult matchup for the Lakers, especially if a guy like Gallinari gets going, Chris Paul, we know can orchestrate on, on offense. Shea Gilders Alexander has been tremendous this season. They've got legit NBA players that could certainly give the Lakers a run on any given night. So I would expect Friday's game to be, or I guess Saturday, your time to be a lot uh, more of a, a closely contested game. I think Memphis, again, will be more, they have a lot of young players. They'll be more of a challenge at home again. The Lakers are on the road. They took out Memphis pretty easily. Um, I still expect LA to get a win. Looking at things, I, I, I do think they should win three in a row, but if any one particular game is going to trip them up here, it would probably be the on-the-road game at OKC. I think that one's going to be the closest. Otherwise, I think the Lakers should be in good shape here. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the two games against OKC could be difficult. Um, they're young with the likes of Gilgis Alexander, like you said, but they also have genuine talent with the likes of Chris Paul, Gallinari, etc. exactly like you just said. And I think just the fact with playing them twice, you know, just, you know, it's a tricky one. And... Um, especially when we go to their place. I think the first one with them being 
on the back-to-back, did you say? I think we'll probably yes. get the win there. But then when we start the road trip, and the Memphis game will be tricky as well. Um, they've got a lot of legit young talent and it'll be very interesting this week. Do you think load management will come into play or, you know, there is a back-to-back game there? Um, it could. And if you're going to, the second night against a, a Grizzlies team that you just dominated uh, last time you played, that was Anthony Davis blew up in that game. Uh, it, hmm. The temptation would, would yeah, be there. If you're going to use load management on the road at all to do it against the Grizzlies, we'll see if it happens. So far, they haven't turned to it much. AD got some night, got a night off, but of course that was when his ribs were hurting, shoulder was hurting. Uh, I think as the season goes on, they're going to have to use it a bit more. You want LeBron fresh, you want AD fresh, but uh, but yeah, I don't know if they're going to start start tossing that in just yet, or if we're going to see them using more in game load management. And that you know, if you can get in and, and blow out a team, then you can uh, bench the guys in the fourth. I think that might be the way to go for now. Uh, but ultimately, at some point, I think they're going to have to turn to to uh, just letting some players rest and recover. And, uh, and missing Avery Bradley right now, too. I think it might be a little bit tough to throw in load management at this point, but, but we'll see. Yeah, definitely. And fingers crossed they, um, they come out with all wins. Uh, but it's been a fantastic start to the season. Um, that's it for, for this week's episode. We're going to let uh, Trevor go. He's a very busy man. I hope you've all enjoyed this, this episode of the Late Late Show. It's been a pleasure speaking to Trevor. Thank you for coming on. It is much appreciated. Do you want to give yourself a shout out where people can find you, what what you do, have you got any projects that you're working on? Sure, yeah. I usually have a, a weekly editorial that I put out for, for LakersNation.com, so I'm, I'm working on that. Uh, right now, of course, we also have the weekly Lakers podcast or Lakers Nation podcast that comes out. Uh, I do also do the Lakers Nation postgame show. So after every game, we do a live stream on uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on YouTube, and so you can find us on any of those uh, those places. And myself, and I always have a, a guest on. We uh, we come in, we chat about the game, we take all all the fans' questions and comments and everything. So it's a lot of fun. So I know the games are are coming on pretty early in the morning your time over there in the the UK. But if anybody finds themselves up at that time and, and want to hop in and join, we do the the post game show, and it's it's a great time. We get to interact with all the fans live, and and so yeah, come join us. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, to the listeners, I would highly recommend checking out what Trevor does. The post-game shows are great. And even if you can't catch them live, they're all on, on um, like you can rewatch them. Uh, I, I did that today with the Hawks game because I wasn't able, you know, to catch that live. So it is a really great way of, um, you know, building up your knowledge on the games that you weren't able to catch. So I would highly recommend them. Um, Trevor does great work there. And... Also, as well to the listeners, I will be out in Los Angeles in February. Uh, we're going to catch the February the 6th game against the Houston Rockets. So we will, well, I will be out in Los Angeles then. Might even see Trevor around, you never know. Yep, certainly certainly possible. I know we're actually doing a Lakers uh, fan trip up to Golden State. I want to say the 8th. Mm-hmm. to go to, for the Warriors game. So I may not be in town then, but we'll see. But if you are, if I am in town, definitely uh, give me uh, give me a shout. Yeah, no, definitely. We were looking at the Golden State game as well, but the prices were really high versus Formers. And um, I think we're going to try and go to the South Bay game on the on that night. So, because uh, I do want to try and check out them this season because they look quite good. 
Yeah, absolutely. Go go get in some uh, some Zach Norvell and uh, and THT and all those guys. Costas Antetokounmpo. Yeah, that South Bay games are always a blast. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Well, we'll wrap that up there. Is that is that all good for you? Yep, that that's great for me. And uh, hey, thank you so much for for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for taking the time to speak to us. It's, it's been great. Well, to the listeners, as always, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. We're on all of the main podcast platforms, whether that be Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. Be sure to subscribe on your preferred platform and give us a follow over on Twitter, which is at Lakers Fan Club UK. Check out our website, which is www.lakersfanclubuk.com. Thanks for listening again, and until next time.